Live from Queensland, Australia, it's... Speak away, bruv. A show where two brothers just shoot, shoot the, the breeze. breeze. My name's Bailey. And my name's Cooper. So let's speak away, y'all. Woohoo. Yeehaw. There will come a soldier who carries a mighty sword. He will speak away, my bruv, or lay or lie alone. That was very confusing for me. Well, you know, it's a it's 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 a song reference. It's it's a TikTok reference. I kinda knew the song. The kids are doing it on TikTok, I hear. Although that might have been twelve months ago that they were doing that. I don't know. Yeah, TikTok changes way too often. Anyway, welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of Split Away, bruv. Yeah! Now, this is a very exciting episode for me and an episode that Cooper uh, has is going to be excited to talk about a Lamborghini and will hopefully by the end be excited to talk about our topic for today because uh, we're going to uh, be talking about Dungeons and Dragons in two of our segments today. Um, we yeah! My goodness, another yeehaw this late in the game. I can't believe it. I know. Insane. Um, we went and saw the new Dungeons and Dragons movie through the week and uh, it inspired Cooper to do some Dungeons and Dragons based thinking, by which I mean I told him that we were going to do this episode based on Dungeons and Dragons and yeah, he had no choice was, but to agree. It wasn't my choice. I was ordered. Well, you know. Held you got, against my will. You got your... You got your John Wick episode. You that got was your, your episode. It was your episode. Eh, kind of. You love John Wick. Don't That's give true. me that. That's true. And it was also your episode when we did Dream Garages. So. And then the episode after that. And then the episode after that. Look, you know. I've just loved the past few episodes. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to get a bit of my own back. So in top of the show we're going to talk about dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves uh our review of it we've seen it through the week we'll give you our thoughts we've got to tell me why this week cooper uh i've got a question for you about the new lamborghini that uh you mentioned was it last week or was it the week before that you mentioned the new lamborghini what do you mean the week before what do you mean by mentioned it I'm pretty sure in the sports bet episode, you mentioned that there was going to be a new Lamborghini being announced soon. I don't even know because I've probably, I've been talking about this for five years. He really has. This has been hyped up for me since 2017. Mm. Actually, no, that's probably, that's probably an over-exaggeration. Yeah. 2019. So, so Cooper will have a chance to chat about that. And then for our main topic today... I have tasked Cooper with coming up with uh, an idea for a D&D character and we're going to build a world around it, first of all. Uh, he's given me a bit of an idea of of what kind of time period he wants his character to, to be in and I've created a little world um, just before we started the show today. And then, uh, then we're going to talk about how we go about building his character and kind of give a tutorial on how to build a Dungeons and Dragons character. Um, I promise it's going to be way more interesting than it maybe sounds to people who don't know what, uh, what it is like to build a D and D character. Um, but before we get into all of that, Cooper, it's time for a top of the show to you. Top of the show to you, lad. 
And Cooper, we went and saw Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves this week. Now, it was a movie I was very excited for because, you know, as we've kind of discussed already, I'm a big fan of D&D. I've been playing for about three years now. But you have no experience with D&D other than making fun of me for playing it. Mm-hmm. What was your opinion of the film? What did you think? I thought it was kind of cool. Kind I thought of. it was kind of cool. I Explain. L- I liked some aspects of it. What aspects did you like and what did you not like as much without going into spoilers? I was about to say it's kind of hard with spoilers, but a few of the things that they did were just super cool and funny. In terms of like the comedic beats, in terms of the action, in terms of... A little bit of the action, yes, and a little bit of the uh, comedic type stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it was quite a funny film. Yeah, well, it's it's really an action comedy. It's well, very comedic. Yeah, well, I signed up to it because it has Michelle Rodriguez in it from Fast and Furious, so I was like... What do you mean you signed up? Did you, did you try and get cast in this film? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Were you going to play some sort of, I don't know, one of those one of those little brain creatures, the intellect devourers? Or were you going to play the big fat dragon? <laughs> it's in the trailers. You can see the big chunky, big thick boy. Like he ate 10 other dragons. Mm, you were going to play that dragon, weren't you? No. I was going to play. It's just going to be you in a mocap I was going to play that guy who just walks straight. No, you wouldn't. I would, I would play Zank. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Jean Page, I love you. I'd be the magician that's not that good. The magician? Oh, you'd be Simon? Yeah, because I'm not that good at magic, mainly because it really? doesn't exist. You're not, good at, you're not good at magic, are you? No. You can make a fresh fresh smell of grass out of thin air. Yep. Uh, oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that just smells like a fart. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't smell very nice at all. Um, okay, so you come you on, liked, Declan. You liked parts. Don't blame Declan for this. <laughs> uh oh, he looks very cranky. Anyway, um, so you were a fan of some of the things that they did, and not as much of a fan of some other things that they did. What What did you not like, or what What didn't sell you with the movie? I don't know. Mainly just because I don't really know D and D. It was a little weird for me, almost. Weird in what way? I mean, just some of the sort of themes about it that I didn't know about D and D were just really. Weird for someone who doesn't do D and D. Well, I I don't necessarily know if that's a D and D thing because D and D is a lot broader than people think. I think what you're talking about because Cooper has not watched a lot of like fantasy, specifically high fantasy, which is what D and D is in its in the form that it is in this show. Nor have you really watched like Lord of the Rings or. Aragorn or Narnia or any of these kind of high fantasy things. And so I think that a lot of what you're confused about or not sure about isn't, is being unfamiliar with the fantasy genre. Cause it's not necessarily a D and D thing. Cause as we're going to explore today, you know, you've picked a 
contemporary, like modern setting for for your D and D character that we're going to build today, which you're going to see that while yes, D and D was made to be a medieval game, you can very easily adapt it to be whatever you want it to be. Mm. So, um, personally, as someone who's quite a big fan of high fantasy, who, you know, has played D&D quite extensively, has played a few D&D games set in the Forgotten Realms, which is um, where the, the D&D film is set. It's the primary um, game setting for D&D. Um, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought there were I I thought that it was really good that it was accessible, you know, that even though you weren't a massive fan of the film, because we went and saw it with Mum as well, who's not super versed in fantasy either. I mean, um, you know, Star Wars and and a few other things, but hasn't watched like Lord of the Rings or anything. And I think that, you know, she walked away saying, I thought that that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I kind of agree with that as well. I give it a, a, what would I rate it? I would rate it. Ready? Let's let's say at the same time what your number rating of this would be. Oh, I wasn't going to do a number. I was going to do between like terrible, good, excellent, that type oh, of okay. thing. Oh, okay. I mean, I can do a number rating if you like as well. See, I get the sense that you'd rate it about a six. You're understating it. Oh, you'd give it higher. I'd give it a seven or eight. So I'm not understating it that much. No. Um, but six okay, is seven, quite a high number. But seven or eight's quite good. Seven and a half, let's just say. That's pretty good. But um, You'd give it a, a hundred if you could. I'd probably give it an eight or a nine. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that there were some things that frustrated me a bit about about the film. Um, but, like, I mean, Chris Pine is just amazing in those comedic, very charismatic See, roles. See, I haven't seen him in any type of role like that where he's very funny. Oh, I, I've seen him in quite a few where he's funny like that. I mean... Like what? Uh, Into the Woods, he plays a prince. Because really all I know him from is... Wonder Woman. Yeah, basically just Wonder Woman. Yeah, see, he's he's qu- he's got quite a gr- amazing comedic sensibility um, that I really enjoy. In and my um, head it almost didn't mix. It's kind of like, you know, that film that's coming out with uh, Chris Hemsworth. No, not Hemsworth. Evans, and he's playing that comedic character. Oh, Ghosted? Yeah, and... Mm. You know, I'm not used to him being very comedic either in films. So that's but, kind of what I thought but about. Chris Chris Evans had his start in comedy. That's where Chris Evans came from was Did comedy. He? Oh, yeah. His first Marvel character that he played was a, com- was a comedic character. I'm sorry, first Marvel character? Yeah, he played um, the Human Torch in the first two Fantastic Four films in the early 2000s. So he's played a lot of characters in Marvel. Yeah, and he was in like Scott Pilgrim and uh, not another teen movie or God, it'd be maybe confusing. another teen movie. It'd be confusing if they linked it with like uh, Captain America. Mm, yeah, he's, he very much fits into a different kind of, um, a very different 
uh, corner of the industry now. He's got a bit of a different uh, vibe. So this film is honestly taking him a bit more back to his roots. Yes, but we're not talking about Ghosted because we haven't seen it yet. We're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And, um, yeah, I think it's got a great ensemble cast. Everyone's playing um, really well to type. You know, Justice Smith, I think it's probably my favorite role that I've seen of him. Um, There are a few films that I want to see of his um, that I haven't seen yet. But of the films that I have seen, you know, Jurassic World, Detective Pikachu. um, Oh, you're talking about the... Simon. Simon. This yeah, is I his only best know role. him from Jurassic World. This is he he really excels in this film, he was, I think. His role in Jurassic World, I think, was very interesting. When Jurassic World first started, he was like the scared boy. Mm. But then in the third film, he really wasn't that scared boy that went on the adventures. He was a he was an office boy, basically. Well, he wasn't really in the third film at all he was just a person that worked in an office basically yeah because we see him in a little bit of it yeah but i i think he's great i think sophie lily's great um hugh grant is so funny hugh grant's in this fascinating part of his career where he just is doing fun things which one did he uh play forge bad guy isn't he in operation fortune yes yeah see that's all I know him from as well. So, you know, two very good roles that he's played we'll in the past. We'll see Hugh Grant in the early, late 90s, early 2000s did like all of the rom-coms. Like he was a romantic comedy guy or or romantic movie guy. Like he was a, like he did all of the romance movies in the early 2000s. And in the last kind of three to five years, he's just started doing all of these like kooky older guys who are just crazy. Kind of like Operation Fortune? Yeah, well, Operation Fortune, that's his second character that he's done with Guy Ritchie that's very similar because he was in The Gentleman as well and he played a similarly, like, kind of off it, like, weird guy. What I've noticed is Guy Ritchie goes back for all the same cast, basically, with a lot of his films. He does. He's making a movie with Henry Cavill at the moment. Mm. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, Probably won't okay, come so out for 10 years. So you'd rate Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, you'd rate it about a, you'd rate it about a six or a seven. Six, seven, seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'm going to rate I'd it about it an a, eight and a half. With the word one, I'd give it a good. Okay. That's, now that's let's fair. get on to the main topic. No, we've got to get on to tell me why. We're doing the tell me why first? Yeah. Are you sure? Because I feel like I'm just going to waffle on and then we're not going to get in the... No, it's fine. We've got time. Um, But yeah, I I think we both enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons. um, But we don't want to spoil too much. We won't say much more than we have already said. Cooper, tell me why. Ain't nothing but... uh, Hang on, I should have done the tell me why thing. Well, you were too slow. (laughs) Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Talk about some stuff and not get copyrighted. I don't know if I like that addition to it. Yeah, but I just had to add it in. Anyway, it's your it's turn. It's my turn to ask you a question, Cooper, and I've got to ask. Cooper? I've got to ask Toyota Cooper. Um, no. 
I'm surprised you got that reference. Good job, actually. High five. Crisp high five. Um, Cooper, Declan, Declan has a question for you, and he's delivering it through the medium of me. That sounds very much like Declan. Lamborghini have just announced a new car. Yes, and they it have. Is, it is an Italian name that I won't try and pronounce. It's you'll not do Italian, it for me. but sure. Oh. It's Spanish. But it, but it's named is after a Spanish fighting bull. That's what they name their cars after. Interesting. Um. So Spanish then. My apologies. Why is the new Lamborghini? the next big thing for the automotive world because Declan's overheard you talking some big game about this car and he was confused. And when he told me about it, I was confused. And so now we're trying to understand better what you're talking about. So basically Lamborghini have just recently on, it was March 29th. So a few days ago, released the new Lamborghini Revuelto, which is a... I believe, a famous Spanish fighting bull. And this is a big step for Lamborghini in their history because this is their first proper hybrid vehicle. Now, I used the quotation marks because they made the Cyan hypercar, but it wasn't really a hybrid because it didn't even have batteries. It had supercapacitors. And it didn't power the wheels. It made the transmission a little smoother so the revuelto is their first hybrid car with hybrid assistance and it is a big game changer because it is the same engine as the aventador which it replaces the 6.5 liter v12 with some changes so it revs higher Mm. to 9500 and they put in a single clutch transmission to make it shift smoother because the Aventador would always like kick you in the back when it shifts. So to do that, they've rotated the engine 180 degrees. Oh, okay. Well, because the end, the transmission used to be in front of the engine. And now the transmission's behind the engine. Because you couldn't fit a single clutch in front of the engine. So they've had to rotate turn, it all, turn the engine around and then the hybrid one of the three hybrid motors is connected to that gearbox. Right, okay. I believe. So, you know, very exciting. Definitely a step up in styling. I heard that it wasn't going to look that good, but I am actually slightly surprised it looks quite nice. Yeah, you showed me a picture of it through the week. It looks it looks quite nice. Yeah, you know, I'm not quite sure about the some of the looks of it because it, it does – it's a new car, so – it's kind of a bit weird for me at the start, but... I quite like its its lines, though. It's quite angular. Yes, and, it is. And in supercars, I quite like that. Yeah, you know, it's got like the double bubble roof effect. Mm, yeah. and it's got these flying buttresses on mm. the car. And, you know, there are some weird things about it, obviously, Lamborghini. So, because it's a hybrid, you charge it, yep. you plug it in. But from what I can tell... The plug-in is actually underneath the hood in the trunk. Oh. So probably to make it look cleaner, the body cleaner, they put it in the trunk. So you probably open up the trunk, plug it in, and then close the trunk mostly. Right. That's kind of what they do with the trickle chargers, though, because the battery's in the front. Yeah. So it's the easiest to charge. Right. 
but you know this this is going to be definitely a game changer there's going to be a lot of youtubers getting it but so why is it going to be a game changer well this is from now on every single lamborghini is going to be hybrid assisted in some way oh okay so and that reduces the size of the engine, doesn't it? Like it can't be a V12 now? Well, with a it is a V12. Oh, it's, with a hybrid engine. It's basically the same engine as the Aventador just turned around. Right. Because I thought that there were restrictions on how big the engine could be if it was going to be hybridized. No. Well, they've made it hybrid so they can keep the V12. Understood. So if. And they might. If they got rid of the hybrid function, they'd have to reduce it down to water V10 or lower. Well, there's word about them getting rid of the V10 so they can keep the V12 for the for the hurricane replacement. Right, okay. Because they want to be able to keep the V12, so. Yeah, right. But, you know, it's definitely, it's a change for Lamborghini because, like, the Aventador and all that were always crazy cars with all these like problems like the gearbox and all that Mm. and then the hurricane came out and that really changed it because it it almost felt like it was made for a profit right so they could make money but then they kind of branched away from their lamborghini coolness Mm. and it's the same thing with the urus because it's a supercar manufacturer making a lamborghini suv Right, okay. Which in retrospect was the best thing they could ever do because in total they sold probably about 8,000 Aventadors. Uh-huh. They sell 10,000 Urises every year. Oh, wow. So that's a big step So up. per year they're selling more than they've sold in the lifetime of an Aventador. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they only made 4,000 Murcielagos. Murcielago. Yeah, which is... Such a cool car that is on my bucket list. Yeah. But now this is on my bucket list. I mean, I'd have this over and an a Ventador every day. Right. Wow. Even though it's hybrid. Yeah. Because I think the hybrid is actually going to make it even better. And going back to the Hurricane thing, they've made a car that can generate a massive profit without throwing away the Lamborghini coolness. Right. So this is the big step up that they needed. Understood. And they've taken this very seriously. Right. So they showed it to customers about the end of last year. Uh Uh-huh. And so, like, I watched a video of someone who saw it in New York who's getting it. They had to put all their phones, watches, and everything in the locker. They had to be frisked. Mm -hmm. Then then they had to sign NDA saying that you won't disclose anything. Yeah. And then they got to see the car. Mm. And... They said you can put a deposit down, probably, mm-hmm. I think it's like 20,000 US deposit. Yeah. And it'll probably be around 600, 650 once the price comes out. Right. US. And, but because they want to streamline the first few hundred production cars, you can, you can't spec your own one. You have to choose between nine preset configurations that the factory have done. Yeah, right. So you can't go in and say you want this color. You have to choose from the different weird things. And, like, if you like the color on one but you didn't like the wheels, tough. Like, there's no changing. Mm. And they're sold out for the first two years of production, apparently. 
Right. First two years sold out. Right. Because it's so demanded. Mm. And what else about it's fascinating? Uh, I mean, this is very crazy. They are apparently going to be delivering the first cars Q4 of this year. Oh, wow, that's quick. So they're getting them out quick. That's why they wanted to get people to choose between the nine nine preset configurations because they want to get them out there fast. Right, so there's a little less customization, but that means that you get it quicker. Well, that's just with the early cars. Right, eventually when they do a full rollout. Yeah, and because like this is... This year marks 60 years of Lamborghini. And so yeah, wow. the first few cars will get a plaque that says 60 years, basically commemorating that it was basically the 60th year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that this car will be very cool. I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's definitely what Lamborghini need. I mean... It's going to be better than any of its rivals. Right. Because the McLaren Arturo, I was watching some stuff on it. It has some weird stuff. Right. Like, basically, the battery doesn't charge on its own when you drive like all the other cars. Right. And so, like, imagine you're basically on 1K of electric left Uh because you're driving in electric mode. In the Ferrari and probably in the Lamborghini, the engine starts straight up and you can use it. Uh In the McLaren, one, I don't think it starts up itself. Mm -hmm. And two, you have to wait 30 seconds for the engine to cold start. So it'll be on, but it won't drive the car. Mm. So, you know, that's weird. And the Ferrari SF90 is a little weird. So this is the perfect car. Okay. And it's probably, I'd take this into my dream car garage. Oh, wow. I say... What would you move out? The Aventador. Okay. Because I think that this is so much cooler than the Aventador. But right. you know, I wouldn't move out the Murcielago because I absolutely love the Murcielago. It's mm. my hail, my halo car. Okay. And like... Your halo car. Halo car. That's what some people say. Uh, do they mean like an angel's halo? I think they mean it's like it's like what they want, like their dream car, you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, and I'd say Lamborghini is like in the top three best brands ever for mm. me. Yeah, Cooper does love his Lamborghinis. Up there with Bugatti and Rolls Royce and Rent Bentley. I mean, not only is it bringing old customers back, but it's bringing new customers in. Yeah, right. So it's the best thing Lamborghini have ever done. Mm. And not only are they getting the actual cars in end of this year mm. apparently probably q3 of this year they'll have the factory send out cars to the dealerships so people can see them yeah so right. they're taking this seriously mm. with it still being a lamborghini with the doors and the flames and everything right because like big exhaust the engine is exposed everything it's like a Bugatti, you know how they don't have a cover. It's just yeah, out they in the have element. The, the open engine. I mean, you'd love the interior. It's so modern. Yeah, you showed me a picture of the interior. I like it. Yeah, I know. I, I just so want one. 
If I could afford <laughs> one, I'd have one in a heartbeat. Well, sadly, there is there is not that much money in your coffers. I will buy one one day. One day. Until that day. Thank you very much for that breakdown of the new Lamborghini. What's it called? Revuelto. Revuelto. What really confuses me is the way you spell it. Because it's R-E-V-U-E-L-T-O. Right. Interesting. Revuelto. Revuelto. Love it. Well, we look forward to seeing the Revuelto in a dealership near you. Coming soon. I've already said to mum, when are we going to Lamborghini Sydney? Because I want to see this car. When would they even get it in? You've got to talk to your guy there. I said probably Q3. So before they start delivering them to customers. Yeah, right. Well, I guess I guess you're going to have to hope that they they think it's worth it to bring one over. Oh, they they're going to bring one over. Mm. And you know, I actually specced one purple on white. Interesting. I also did a yellow on yellow black with yellow accents. Yeah, right. I mean, this is the first Lamborghini V12 to have an option for cup holders. Wow. That is so revolutionary for Lamborghini. I was going to say, not revolutionary for literally every other car brand for the last I mean, 30 years. The Hurricane, you have an option for one cup holder and it's like a grand or something. Holy moly. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I'm so excited for this car. Well, I'm glad you're excited. Um, well, thank you for that, Cooper. And with that, we shall move on the main topic of the show. This is why I said we should have done the main topic first because I just spent like 15 minutes. That's fine. I knew you probably would. Still a half hour left in the episode. Mm. And it's a half hour to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Yay. Oh, come on. (laughs) I'll get him excited by the end of the segment. So... For context for everyone listening, I have been playing D&D since around the time that COVID started. I started kind of late 2019, early 2020, a game with friends. It was my first D&D game. Since then, I've played a lot and I've watched a lot. Um, Little bits of Critical Role, Dimension 20, Worlds Beyond Number, Not Another D&D Podcast, all of these amazing people doing amazing D&D games. Now, Cooper, what do you know about Dungeons and Dragons? Literally. I pressed the wrong button, I think. Yeah, you pressed the wrong button on the deck. Literally nothing. So, basically, Dungeons and Dragons is not necessarily a game in and of itself. It's what they call in the RPG community or the TTRPG community. RPG community? Yeah. That sounds explodey. No, not an RPG launcher, a role-playing game. Okay, that sounds less fun. Uh, I I mean, it's definitely less explodey. Actually, I disagree with that. It can be more explodey. Yeah, that's probably true. So, basically, Dungeons & Dragons is a game system. So, it's basically a set of rules and and guidelines that help you build a game. So... You know, that I could build a game of Dungeons and Dragons and you could as well. Like we could build our own campaigns off the same, uh, you know, 
basic rule set for Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition, which is what we're up to right now. And we could have entirely different rules. We could have entirely different worlds. For example, I've put together a little world for your character to exist within based on the, the little bit of information you gave me before we started the show. And, you know, but I could have very easily gone a hundred different ways with it. So D&D really, it's a system for creating your own stories. It's a system for having characters that move through a world and interact with it. So with D&D, you have a dungeon master, they run the game, they play characters that aren't you. So you have all of your interactions with bar keeps and uh, you know, antagonist characters, you know, the bad guys, your friends, your family, the dungeon master plays them all. And the dungeon master narrates to you what, um, things look like. And before I go into my best dungeon master and walk you through the, the little world that I've generated for Cooper's character to exist within Cooper, I want you to tell the audience basically what you told me of what you as a player character or PC, as we would call it if we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. No, not an NPC because an NPC is a non-playable character. You're a player character. So you're a PC. Very confusing. Anyway. So what did you, you know, if if this were going to be a real D&D game that we started, what do you want from your D&D character? Well, you know, I'm quite a bit of a, I'm, quite interested in John Wick at the moment, obviously, because of the fourth film. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of thought maybe some sort of a hitman. So, but then also kind of including over the last few days, and I've talked about this with Bailey, I've gotten really obsessed with kind of wanting to watch the Dark Knight Batman films mm. with Christian Bale, which I know he approves of. I do. But, um, you know, so I kind of wanted to think, how could I add those two characters? And I thought, a hitman yep. who has been doing the job for many years uh-huh. and is, you know, has earned a lot of wealth from it uh-huh. to where he's got these nice weapons, nice cars that he uses on the job. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like incorporating the hitman of John Wick and the kind of rich aspect of Bruce Wayne Batman. Uh-huh. And that's kind of really what I wanted yep. out of it. And I thought that, like, playing a and d game where, like, you're this master assassin-type person showing up in your Lamborghini, I thought that'd be kind of cool. Right. Okay. So Cooper gave me all that. And said he wanted a modern day setting. He wanted this assassin, this kind of, you know, and he's a 14 year old. It's all kind of dark and murdery and violent and all of these things. So here's the world that I've created. I haven't heard this yet. Cooper hasn't heard this description of of the world that he will be playing in. I was like, so what have you written in these last 10 minutes? And he's like, no, we need to say it on air. I need your on air reaction. Well, here it comes. The city of New Archon stood as a temple to depravity and violence in all of its forms. If Prilhan were the golden child of the free cities of Kapanguri, 
the one beloved of parents, children and strangers alike, knew Archon was older, gloomier and meaner, <gasps> with an inner darkness born of tragedy. Should have saved that <gasps> till then. You should have. You kind of went off mid-sentence. Well, it's not my fault that it's so good. Three generations ago, as the maelstrom spread, as the maelstrom swept across the free cities of Kapanguri, the warring clans of Atrax and Nifrima took advantage of the chaos and laid waste to massive swaths of land, toppling skyscrapers in each other's territory. Massive turf wars erupting in the middle of busy shopping districts. Anyone and everyone who could afford to escape the war on the streets fled to nearby townships to start anew. But some were trapped in the city, caught between the hammer of Nairima's might. A might led by the immortal dark elf Melkabi, the bringer of darkness and shadow. And if not the hammer, they would be caught against the rock of a trax, led by twins rock and burn, one an elemental of earth and one an elemental of fire. In their war, Melkabi invoked an ancient ritual to blot out the sun within the walled city, while Burn sent his fellow firekin to choke the air with volcanic ash and illuminate the darkness with crimson flame. The sun has not been seen in New Archon in nearly a hundred years. <gasps> and then the final little bit for you, Cooper. You have lived in the darkness all your life. All you want now is to escape to the light. What will you do to get there? That kind of sounds cool. What can I say? I may have done this a few times. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allergic. You're allergic to how cool it is? <laughs> I'm allergic to the darkness. <laughs> I'm allergic well, to the dark guess, side. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of darkness here. So what I'm doing now is I'm bringing up D&D &D Beyond. Now, D&D &D Beyond is one of many options for people wanting to create D&D &D characters. Uh, I'm going to create... Then we're basically going to go through and create a character for Cooper. So we're going to call it Cooper's character. If he can type the word Cooper's character, then we will do that. The the keyboard is in a very awkward position for what I've got to do. Uh -huh, Aha, the okay? keyboard. Yeah, blame the keyboard. I will blame the keyboard. Um, we're going to add those. That. Okay. So, Cooper, the first thing that we need to do is we need to choose a race. So, in D&D, there's a lot of different races. There's a lot of different, um, you know, species that you can play as. So, you'll recognize the Aarakocra. No, from, I won't. It's the bird people from Jonathan. Ah, uh, Jonathan. Reference to the D&D movie. We're already giving away too much. Uh, you have Ganassi, which are um, like elemental spirits. You have all different kinds of elves. You have uh, two different kinds of like robots. So you have auto gnomes, which are these little gnomes that are basically made of metal and they're robots. 
or you have Warforged, which are um, robots made of wood, metal, and stone. You have different kinds of goblins, uh, centaurs, fae, gnomes, uh, goliaths, furbolgs, gif, gith. Uh, and yes, those were two different words. Um, Harangon, Kenku. This is just very confusing, I feel like. Well, we're going to... This is the never-ending page. I mean, it just ended, but you know. It's quite a long page. So, Cooper, you tell me, and you've already given me a bit of an idea of what you want. In terms of how this character looks, you know, when, when your character walks into a room, they're this, you know, rich master assassin. What do they look like? What do they look like? I think, you know... Hmm, this is kind of hard. I think it would have to have some traits of me as a person. Right. So, like, the red hair and all that. Right, so... But in terms of other features... Hmm. You know, because, you know, you can be a human in D&D, but humans in D&D are purposely not that interesting because it's kind of a lot more interesting if you pick something else. Now, of course, you can play a human and there are benefits to playing a human. But, you know, you can be some sort of elemental spirit. You can be a Goliath, which is a kind of... uh, If a giant and a human have a child together. It's a Goliath, you know, distantly related to giants and infused with um, supernatural essence of their ancestors' mountainous home. Giant uh, Goliaths find them their homes in the mountains that can sustain their seven to eight foot tall frames. Hmm. You know, you can also be uh, a bugbear. Oh, my God, that looks horrifying. Yeah, so they're this kind of animalistic um, what goblin. What was that snake thing that you said earlier? Uh, snake thing. So snakes are the yuan ti. So the yuan ti. Holy, my God. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. So I was telling Cooper earlier about a character that I play in D&D called, uh, his name is Sokash, and he's kind of like a. Is he a, rich? Because he's called So Cash. He's very rich. Is so, he actually? Yeah, he's very rich. So he used to be a like a thief and a, a bit of a pirate. Um, but he was left for dead in the uh, frozen mountains by his crew. And he was saved by a group of furbolgs, which are these kind of giant um, nature spirits. Um, he was saved by them and uh, nurtured back to life and they taught him magic. And so he um, now goes around trying to help other people in the way that he was helped um, by these furbolgs. And he's a, he's a wizard who um, uses his magic to protect others. Mm. Fascinating. Mm. So... You know, what What are you looking for from this character, Cooper? Well, you know, this character, obviously, as an assassin, I feel like they have to be 
a person who is very strong, very okay. very good at fighting, mm-hmm. very good at mastering weapons and all that. Uh huh. Very good at driving. Very, just very good at all these types of things and. Well, in terms of what what I think based on all of that, let me let me give you a few options. You've got a furbolg, which I just oh spoke my about. God. They're um they're a bit more kind of nature based. They can um make themselves invisible. They can make themselves appear as other people. They can talk to animals, plants and other vegetation. Um in terms of other big people, you've got a bugbear, as I said before. They've got these long arms. They've they're very sneaky, um, because they're kind of animalistic and they can kind of camouflage themselves. Um, in terms of other big guys, you've got dragonborn who are born of a fusion between a human and a, or a humanoid and a dragon. You've got the GIF, who are hippo people, um, who actually come from a different planet. Um, that's a whole story. Uh, Goliaths, who I've already talked about. Orcs, who are, you know, these very warlike species with these big tusks that come out of their bottom lip. Um You've also got lizard folk who are, um, you know, have this connection to nature and they're very, um, they're kind of like walking crocodiles. So what are you thinking with with those kind of options in play? What do you think? Well, going back, I want to ask you, do you think that snake one would fit or? You could be a Juan T who's just a little bit stronger. So you reckon that it would work? Anything can work. Hmm. Because there are Juan T. There's a type of Juan T that I can bring up a picture for you called an abomination, which um, instead of... Uh, oh, my God. There's actually... There should be a human-looking one. Is that a Hydra? Uh, no. Can you be Hydras in D&D? Uh, not necessarily. Because wasn't there a Hydra in the actual film? No. I thought I saw a Hydra in that film. Where did I recently see a Hydra? See, that's like a one T. Oh my goodness, that's, that's a strong. So that's a buffed snake, basically. Basically. So did you want to be a one T? I mean, after the way you described your character, I kind of do want to be a one T. So let me walk you through what the one T can do. So Juan T can see in dim light as if it was bright and darkness as if it were dim light. So they have good night vision. They have resistance to magic and resistance to poison. So um, they have resistance to poison damage and all these other things. They can also um, spray poison at an enemy and they can also use this spell called animal friendship, but they can only use it on other snakes. So you can basically get snakes to work for you. So let's choose your race as Juan T. Now Now that works as ow. That works as how it I just described my character very fast, strong. Well that's what we're about to get into. 
So before we pick your your score ability scores, which will help solidify all that, we need to pick a class for you. So classes classes in D and D are kind of um, like what where your training is. So for your character, if you want to be this kind of um, your master assassin, I think there's four classes that we should look at for you. God, this is like Harry Potter or something. A little bit. Are so, you going to put me in Gryffindor or something? No. So here are the classes that I think would work for you as this assassin character. You could be a fighter, which is quite a basic class. It's just kind of you get a lot of attacks. You get... Um, Abilities to do kind of cool shooting if you have access to guns. You can just do all of these cool things like that. You could be a monk. Monks specialize in hand-to-hand combat. So if you wanted to be like a John Wick, you could be a monk. And then later on as a monk, you gain the ability to use, uh, to better use other weaponry as well. You could be a ranger. Now, specifically for you, there's a type of ranger called a gloomstalker ranger. Now, gloomstalker rangers are very good uh, as assassins because they can um, hide in the darkness. They can become invisible in darkness. They can um, they get all of these benefits in early rounds of combat. They attack a lot better when they're sneaking up on people. Can I just say, how do you know all this? I know everything that there is to know. Uh, that's not true. You know everything that you need to know about your sector, your area. Yeah, but everywhere's my area. I've played. No, pretty it much, isn't. I've played pretty much every every class on this list. Okay, at and least what was once. and what was the last class that you said? Uh, the last one for you as an option is a rogue. So I rogues, am a rogue, so. You can want to be a rogue. Well, I am a rogue in real life. I wouldn't say I am a... I don't... Uh, no, don't choose it yet. Okay. Because I was going to ask you, what do you think is the best fit for my character? All of those four. Can you it, pick all four? Because it depends... Well, you can. Not right now. You have this ability in D&D to do what we call multi-classing. So the character that I was telling you about, Socash... Socash is a rogue. Okay. He's also a wizard. Okay. He has both classes. So how many classes can you have in one D&D character? Well, there's restrictions based on your ability scores, which we're about to talk about in a minute, because each class has a prerequisite for what an ability score, has a primary ability score. So for the ones that I've given you just now, for fighter, your primary abilities are your strength and your dexterity. So your strength and your, um, your speed, that's kind of what dexterity is. It's your nimbleness. Mm-hmm. Dexterity is related to acrobatics. For monk, your primary abilities are dexterity and wisdom. For ranger, dexterity and wisdom as well. And for rogue, it is dexterity. Mm. So if you want to lean in a bit more, but also those are just your primary abilities. You can be a monk and have really high strength. So what's the best startup? Well, it, it really depends. If you want to start doing a lot of gun combat, 
I wouldn't recommend Monk. If you're going to... um, Like, and then if you want to be a bit of a tank and, like, be able to take a bit more hits, I would probably not recommend Rogue either because Rogue is really good for, like... Rogues can hide... Um, really easily in combat and so they can sneak away and they can hide and then come back again and attack again and then hide again whereas rangers and fighters have a bit more health so they have more hit points so they can get hit more before they go down so it really depends on what you're wanting so you've said that you want to be more with the guns at least at the start yeah, kind of, yeah. So if you want to be more with the guns, I'd say Monk's probably out. You want to... Do you want to be hiding kind of every round or do you want to have multiple attacks per round and then you've kind of just got to stand and take a few hits? I don't know. This is really hard. What do you think? I'm going to ask for his opinion on I think, everything. I think if you want to be a John Wick-style character, at least to start, you know, at early levels, you probably want fighter or ranger. So you recommend fighter? So here's where the, the final clincher comes in. Do you want to be like John Wick in the later films where you're fighting from the minute you walk in a room? Or do you want to be like John Wick in the earlier films where you sneak into a place and then eventually you've already killed maybe 10 guys and then the alarm gets raised and then you've got to go into a full all-out fight with everyone else in the place? I kind of like the early John Wick thing. Then Ranger. Okay. So rangers are warriors who combat threats on the edges of civilization. There's a whole thing with rangers where, you know, the way that a lot of rangers are played is they're kind of like um, woodsmen and like huntsmen in the forest. But you can also play a, a a ranger. You know, rangers have favored enemies. So you can say my favored enemy is, you know, uh, if your character in the city of New Archon is working for um, the Atrax, who are the elemental guys, and your favourite enemy would then be the elves who work for Nifrima. You know? Um, mm, yeah. Okay, let's let's go with it then. You also get some spells as a ranger. Oh. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Um, so we're not going to go into a huge amount of detail with, with the additional ranger stuff. Cause there's a lot that you can do here. Um, we're not even going to go into proficiencies or anything. That's stuff for another day. We're going to go into ability scores. Now for ability scores, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, we're just going to go with a method called standard array, which is just, we pick a number. So what do you want your highest skill to be? What's what's most important to you as your character? So you've got strength, you've got dexterity, you've got constitution, which is like your health, 
it's it's your endurance it's your ability to keep fighting and to withstand da- withstand damage and all of these things you've got intelligence you've got wisdom and you've got charisma so i think s- strength is important but okay you know strength people with like the biggest strength think that they can just run into a fight and take everyone out whereas you want to have a bit more intelligence, wisdom, wisdom, that kind of thing. Okay, so what do you want to be? Because like highest? John Wick is quite an intelligent character that doesn't. I wouldn't do say he's intelligent; he's wise. Wisdom, yeah, that kind of thing. Mm. So, what do you think for my character's the best one to make the highest? I think probably your dexterity. You reckon? Yeah, because if you're doing a lot of gun stuff. A lot of your gun stuff will be related to your dexterity. So let's go with dexterity then. Because dexterity also determines how easy or hard you are to hit. Okay. Next. Uh, let's go with your lowest next. What do you think would be your lowest skill? See, what's the charisma one? Charisma is like how good you are at talking to people. See, I'd say that you don't need that, but then you kind of do need that. So, lowest—I don't want to say strength, but um, constitution. What's the constitution bit for? Endurance and health. Okay, I need that. Maybe just charisma. Okay, so charisma is your dump stat, so you get an eight in that. So you got a fifteen in dexterity. You've got an eight in charisma. Uh, if we go through based on what you've already said, I'm going to reckon that we put intelligence at a 10. So it's okay. the second lowest. That's nice of you. Yeah, but that means... So basically, here's the thing. With your ability scores, 10... If you have a 10 in something, it means that you don't add anything to checks... Because basically when you play D&D, you have to roll dice Uh, to do things. That's why you're so obsessed with dice. Yes, I love my dice. So you have to roll the dice and you get a number on the dice and that's what, you know. So, for example, if I asked you to roll an investigation check, you've walked into a room, you need to see if you find a trap. I ask you to roll an investigation check. You roll a dice. Uh, There should be a dice roller right here. There is. No, don't. Don't roll dice in the middle of a recording. We need to finish up this podcast. I've just rolled one. You got a seven. So now... Now, can we get back to this, please? I know, but I'm explaining something. So you've just rolled a seven. Now, if that's in relation to your charisma, that seven, you're actually going to get a six. Because for your charisma with it being eight, it means that you minus one from any charisma checks that you make. So you would actually get a six. If you were rolling dexterity with that seven, you'd actually have a nine because you've got a 15, which means you add two. I'm waiting for the math to set in. Okay. It's easier to see when you actually see the, the correlation between it. We haven't got that up right now. Okay, so let's do the next bit. So let's just quickly fill in the rest of these. Strength, we're going to make 13. Wisdom, we're going to make 14. Constitution, we're going to make 12. Okay, let's get on to the next bit. And then, real quick, you also get 
uh, a few bonuses from your race and we're going to put an extra point into dexterity. So you're going to have 16 dexterity. Ooh. And we're going to put an extra two points into your constitution. So you're going to have 14. So right now your, your ability scores, you've got a 13 in strength, 16 in dexterity, 14 in constitution, a 10 in intelligence, a 14 in wisdom and an eight in charisma. So you're very fast, you're quite wise, and you're quite, you know, durable. You're reasonably strong. You, you know, average intelligence. And you're not very good at chatting to people. That's fine, I guess. So then we've got your background. So background's not a massive thing. Um, it's going to be a bit more of a big thing in the next edition of D&D. But I would probably say that you're a criminal slash spy background. You're an experienced criminal with a history of breaking the law. You spent a lot of time among other criminals and still have contacts within the criminal underworld. I mean, I wouldn't say that's what I am, but... What would you say you are? Well, Urban bounty hunter? (laughs) Is that what John Wick is? I guess it is a kind of criminal underworld, but... Mercenary veteran? Let's see. As a mercenary who fought battles for coin, you're well acquainted with risking life and limb for a chance at a fit at a share of treasure. Now you look forward to fighting foes and reaping even greater rewards as an adventurer. Your experience makes you familiar with the ins and outs of mercenary life, and you likely have harrowing stories of events on the battlefield. What do you think of that? Now you're looking... I'm not sure. I reckon. You reckon? Either that or urban bounty hunter. Let's read that one. Very quickly. Before you became an adventurer, your life was already full of conflict and excitement because you made a living tracking down people for money. Unlike some people who collect bounties, though, you aren't a savage who follows a quarry into or through the wilderness. You're involved in a lucrative trade in a place where you live that routinely tests your skills and survival instincts. Basically, you're a bounty hunter in a city. Isn't that what I kind of am? Yeah. So you reckon I'll be an urban bounty hunter? Yeah. and so Let's go for it. Yeah, so that's that's where your skills lie. Now, your equipment. Very quickly. Very quickly, we're going to talk about your equipment. You're in some sort of armor. Oh, I forget the rangers have. Um, so rangers by default get a longbow, but there's a way to change that change that longbow into a into a firearm. So what kind of gun are you carrying with you? Just one, or mm. am I allowed to have two? Sure. Am I actually allowed to have two? Yeah, you can have whatever you want. It's up to the negotiation of the DM and I say that you can. Okay, so I feel like what you want is a is your big main weapon and your sidearm. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably have, you know, a machine gun or a shotgun type thing for my main and mm-hmm. then I'd probably have a some type of pistol for my side. Okay. Fair enough. And then my last question for you. What's this character's name? What do you think? I need a good name. I'm not good at names. So I've got some suggestions for you that have been generated by... the. Oh, I've, I've keep generating them until we find one you like. Marfras. Motoris. Baxon, Minla, Oruver, Zavdash, Gravarax. 
Truman. Sakul. Airhorn. I'm sorry, Airhorn? Airhorn. Some of these names are just weird. You seem to like Sakul, though. Uh, It's probably my top pick so far. Uh, Ziltris. Arch. Arch, that's the weirdest name I've ever heard. Weros. Oh. Gekul. Olariel. So Sakul and Weros are the ones that you've reacted to the most. Why don't we just go Weros? Otherwise we're going to be sitting here for five million hours. Weros. And does he have like a title? Is he like Weros the Baba Yaga? Except not the Baba Yaga. Oh, I was about to say, can I do the Bubble Yaga? <laughs> Weros. What would his name be? You're a ranger. You're, you're pretty good at sneaking around. You're a you're a snake. What about the shadow serpent? I like that. Weros, the shadow serpent. There we go. Um, and just like that, Cooper, you have a D and D character. Yes, and now I'm going to start playing D and D. We can pull up your character sheet and we can have a look. There he is. He's got some, you know, his skills. How you create 10 million of these a day, I will never understand. I only have like 30 at the moment. I Oh, you only have 30 characters. Yeah, so that process that took us 30 minutes usually takes me about 10. Oh, my God. Ow. Oh, no, he stabbed himself with something. I just scraped my leg somehow. Maybe, maybe the shadow serpent's under the table. Maybe you've just been bitten. Oh, my God, Declan, when did you have a snake head? Oh, my goodness, Declan. Okay, he's back to normal. Might have been carbon monoxide poisoning. Who knows? Oh, it's back again. My goodness, Declan, what's going on with you? Well, lovely listeners, we hope that that was interesting to listen to. I mean, I could talk for, I probably need another 40 minutes to explain more about D&D. But and I probably I, need another 40 minutes for the Lambo bit as well. So we both need another we, 40 minutes. We both need a lot more time. So we're just going to talk away here as, as you know, we fade out to black. And Cooper, I want you to do the farewell today. <sighs> and I want you to do it in Weros's accent. I thought I did it last time. I know, but I'll do it next time, and I'll do it the time after to sure. get us back on track. But I want to—I want Wait, you to do so it in your character's else? voice, whatever that might be. Okay, I'm thinking. I'm just gonna do a simple one because otherwise, it'd be here for five hours. Mm-hmm. Thank you, lovely listeners. For joining us this week. We will be back next week with a new episode of Speak Away, bruv. Yee ah. And please go check out our Instagram and our emails. I don't know. They just imply me to de- say this. And I've got some dying guy next to me, so you know. Uh, enjoy and speak away, bros. Yeah, you are. And remember, new Archon Core.
themselves, and you must answer. I'm sorry, what? Bye. Bye. Let me tell you what I wish I'd known When I was young and dreamed of glory You have no control Who listens, who likes, who shares your podcast Thank you so much for continuing to listen to this show, everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, And we will continue to make episodes for you so long as you continue to watch. So please do continue to watch these episodes. Pass them on to your friends. We really want to build a nice little community out of this show. Uh, If you want to catch up with us when we're not doing episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Podcast. And if you're looking for other places to listen to the podcast, it can be found on pretty much any podcasting platform at this point. So until then... Thank you so much, lovely listeners, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.